Hi, welcome to the Mindful Shape Podcast. I'm Paula Parker. Happy holidays. It's an unusual holiday season this year for sure. What I can tell is that a lot of people are starting to decorate early, earlier than normal, which makes sense, right? Because we're staying at home and we want some joy around us, something festive, something to look forward to. And so who knows whether we'll actually be able to even see our loved ones this year during COVID. Currently, that's up in the air. But whether we're seeing family and friends or not, the holidays still have a feeling, right? There's still like a collective mood that we tap into, whether it's that or simply that you have some time off from work and it's dark and cold outside. Sticking to a weight loss program right now is especially tough during the holidays. So in this episode, I'm offering some self-coaching tools for you to handle the holidays this year without going off the rails so that you can feel amazing. We're going to talk about how you can approach the holidays with a plan that you can actually stick to, what to do with scarcity thinking, and how to handle it when you're faced with pressure from your loved ones to eat all the goodies. So settle in, relax, and let's get started. Your first step is to plan in advance what you will do. So what do I mean by that? This can involve like how much, what, or when you'll eat and drink, including how much water you'll be drinking and how much alcohol you'll be consuming. Now, don't get scared off. It doesn't have to be super detailed. You decide what works for you. Your plan could simply be not overeating this year, listening to your body, paying attention, and when your stomach starts feeling full, you stop. But you get to eat whatever foods you want. And if you start to think about planning and you feel defeated even before you have one, and you think, screw it, it's the holidays, and your plan is to eat and drink everything, just notice that inclination. It's just your brain trying to make things easier for you, providing less pain, more comfort. But how would somebody else who didn't have mind drama around this respond? Maybe you don't think you are this person, but you can probably imagine someone else who is, and then you have a template to work from. You can start acting as if. Acting as if it's no big deal to think ahead of time about what you want to do, how you want to show up for yourself. Now, a lot of you won't want to make a plan. You have resistance to planning. Seems like a lot of work, right? It's fairly simple to coach yourself through that though. Ask yourself, how could a plan help me? This is the power of questions. Your brain will start to come up with answers immediately. You'll start making the case for it and you find yourself actually wanting to do it. This is what a coach does. They will ask you these questions to prompt answers from your own brain. So I'll walk you through it now in case you simply want to sit back, listen, and save any heavy lifting for later. So for example, how could a plan help me? If I had a plan, my brain wouldn't be confused about what it's supposed to do when I go to that dinner. Or if I had a plan, I don't have to dwell in the mental drama around what or how much I should eat of this or that kind of food. Or if I had a plan, I wouldn't feel overwhelmed around all the food that's available. And then just one more, if I had a plan, I can relax more and focus on other aspects of the holidays, like 
being cozy on the couch with my partner, watching Netflix, enjoying a good book, sleeping in, having the time to go for a brisk walk or a run in the afternoon, all of those nice things. Conversely, you can also uncover what's going on underneath the resistance by asking, why might I not want to plan? You might find that the thought of a plan really feels restrictive, that you really do want to have the pleasure of eating desserts and getting tipsy over the holidays. If this is the case, just be honest about how committed to your plan you are. If you look over your plan and you're like, I'm about a 5 out of 10 here, that's a plan doomed to fail. You need to keep modifying your plan until you can at least say you're at a 9 or 10. You're extremely confident that actually that you'll follow through. Now, if you need to modify your plan to include a second or third helping of pumpkin pie so that you can feel confident about sticking to that plan, then okay. I would rather you overeat when it's intentional and you're overeating on your plan than to go against your plan and erode the relationship with yourself. This is how we build trust with ourselves and it's so much more important than how much pie you eat, right? Two or three pieces of pie is just not worth beating yourself up over. If you're going to overeat, why feel guilty about it? I think you'll find it's very freeing to be intentional with how you are around food. I mean, think about it. If you're going to indulge in something, why not plan ahead to enjoy it thoroughly than to go through the mental anguish only to carry the guilt around for like days afterward? Okay, so now that you have your plan and you're committed, it's a 9 or 10, how do we now ensure that you'll have tons of success with it? Let's start by going through some of the obstacles we run into here and then solving for them. So the first one seems kind of funny, but oftentimes clients simply just forget. When I ask them how it went, they'll say they started off great, and then over a few days, they just lost track and forgot about the plan altogether. And I get that. My brain's likely to forget too. My brain's like, what plan? Did I have a plan? What was that plan again? Depending on what's going on, especially when you're out of your routine, like during the holidays, it's understandable that things slip and that your mind is not 100% on your plan 100% of the time. So one of the things that you can do to keep it top of mind is to write your plan out either like in your notebook or on your phone and then set a daily timer for when you're most likely not super busy and maybe that's like right when you wake up or right after lunch. Just pick a time, a set time that you will review your plan on a daily basis. And this isn't some kind of like weird diet mentality thing either. This is how you can rewire your brain to think the thoughts and feel the feelings that are required to actually get yourself to do the actions that will give you the result you want. It's just like, hey, if we don't like the way we've shown up in past situations like this, like maybe last Christmas, how can we change that? That's all this is. The next one is around scarcity. The holidays can be an especially heightened time for scarcity thinking. We tell ourselves we can't have this or that, or we shouldn't have that. But then the other side of our brain is like, that looks amazing. And it's the holidays. Now is the time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Sound familiar? And we're in this tug of war with ourselves. 
over-desire on one hand and commitment to our weight loss goals on the other. Scarcity thinking goes something like this also. Well, I only have it once a year, so I better make the most of it. Or it's your grandma's favorite recipe, which of course is like entirely flour, sugar, butter, chocolate, and like Eagle brand milk or something. And your brain says, when else will I get to have grandma's dessert? And what can happen here is that we build these foods up in our mind and so much so that we create a over-desire. Then we have it because say it's on our plan and it's all good, but then it lasts, what, like two minutes, five minutes, maybe a bit more if we're really savoring it. And then what? If there's been an over-accumulation of desire built up, we won't feel satisfied by that. And we'll think, hmm, well, that didn't really do it. So maybe I just need a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. Hmm, still wanting more. Maybe I should have some chocolate or something. Yeah, that's what I need, right? (laughs) So before you know it, you're totally off plan and you've been grasping for pleasure for the remainder of the evening. We've been trying to get that feeling we thought we were going to have in the beginning. So to avoid this over-desire, it's really helpful to remind yourself You can make grandma's recipe any time of the year. You will have many desserts in your future. And if you can't make something, there are so many delicious things that you can buy. I used to really love these sour gummies. They're called dinosaurs. I couldn't get enough of them and I didn't let myself have them too often. So when I did, I was in a lot of scarcity around them. And I remember I offered them to a friend who also liked them and he turned them down. He said he already knew what they tasted like, so no big deal. He liked them, sure, but he could take them or leave them. He hadn't built up the over-desire for them that I had. So what if you don't actually want to include grandma's dessert on your plan? How can you say no? You don't want to hurt her feelings, right? One option is to tell her you're simply too full and you'll take it later. But what if she insists and you're still worried about hurting her feelings? Well, guess what? You are not responsible for how grandma feels. You actually have zero control over that. You cannot make anyone feel a certain way. You just don't have that much power. They are responsible for how they think and feel. It's okay to not do what other people want you to do and let them own their emotions because your refusal of dessert doesn't determine how she feels. That's her thoughts about it. So when you change what you want to do or what's best for you and give in in order to try to manipulate how she feels, that feels terrible for you and makes you really disingenuous because you're not doing it because you actually want to. You're betraying yourself and you end up building resentment towards her over time. Now, do we want to be considerate, kind? Of course. We need to have tactful ways of navigating these situations, but you really need to develop the skill of noticing when people-pleasing is coming up for you and not let it sabotage you. So have a response prepared for when someone says something like, is that all you're eating? You don't need to have an extravagant lie in response. You don't need to defend yourself. For some of us, this is a really good opportunity to stand in our own power, to say simply, yes, Leave all the drama. Notice any impulse to defend yourself or your actions. Is it necessary? Really? 
something to think about. Now, let's talk about what we do afterwards, after the dinner, after the get-together. How did it go? This step can often get missed, but it's essential. I encourage you to really spend the time integrating your experience. It's like the savasana pose at the end of your yoga practice. That's when the body integrates all the hard work that you've done over the hour. This is the same for your brain. What went well? What derailed? What would you do differently next time? Can you spot any thought loops or old patterns that came up? Can you be kind to yourself about that? We are often so hard on ourselves. If we didn't stick to our plan, we beat ourselves up. Or maybe we stuck to our plan, but now we're feeling some guilt about how lenient the plan was, thinking of all that fat and sugar we consumed. All of these thoughts are totally normal, and you can coach yourself through it. So if you are self-coaching, here is your script. Tell me everything everything that happened, and let's figure out what's going on actually so that we can sort through it and I can help you. This is what a coach would say to you, and it's also something you can say to yourself. A coach is never judging you. They're your number one fan. So you want to be the same for yourself. Take away that layer of judgment, and from there, decide what your next steps are going to be. Okay, so let's summarize. First, have a plan. Review it and then honestly assess your confidence level to your plan. If it's not a 9 or 10, what needs to change to make it more accessible? To make sure we're successful with our plan, we need to remember it. Review it daily by setting a timer on your phone. Again, watch for scarcity thoughts. Have a response prepared. Remember, the food is always out there and you have an entire lifetime to enjoy it. You don't need to have it right at this moment. Don't let that over-desire start controlling you. Say no thanks if it's not on your plan. I promise no one is going to remember or care all that much. Watch for your people-pleasing tendencies. Remember that their feelings are not your responsibility. And lastly, integrate your experience so that no matter how the night went, you're learning from it. You now have more data than you did before about what's going on with your brain around food and around food during the holidays, especially. Celebrate your successes and be kind to yourself about the missteps. If you think back on what you've learned in your life, really learned like the hard lessons, I guarantee it's not something you read in a book or even listened to on a podcast. It was a lived experience. That's how we truly learn. That's how we change for real. This is why I implore you to self-coach or work with a coach if you're serious about reaching your weight loss goals. Otherwise, you'll listen to a million episodes on weight loss and have limited or no progress. Coaching work is about experimenting and then reflecting through self-analysis and discussion so that you integrate your experience and you really learn from it. So if you are ready, I encourage you to set up a free mini session with me. This is a chance for you to see firsthand what it's like doing this work with someone else. So I'm wishing you a very happy holiday season however that looks like this year. I hope that you find these tools useful and they provide less mind drama around food so that you can instead focus on relaxing and connecting to the people that you love most. Take care and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.